Lord, we ask that you would open up our eyes and our hearts and our ears this morning, that we would hear your voice in the pages of scripture, that your spirit would move within us today. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Our scripture passage this morning is Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. We're continuing in our study on the Beatitudes. We're going to back up and read the first four that have been covered over this month and then the one that we're focusing on today. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, I know that here at Mosaic, we are not overly liturgical, but today is traditionally All Saints Sunday. This is the one that I think really jams with Mosaic's heartbeat, and I feel like we should start making a bigger deal out of it, because it's a celebration of community. It's a chance to celebrate all the saints. And in our tradition, that means all the faithful believers, not just the super good ones like Oscar Romero and Mother Teresa and Fred Rogers. But it also means Josh and Salim and Kate and Kim and all of y'all. And to celebrate all the ones that came before us, and even all the ones that haven't yet gotten here to earth. The ones who will one day remember us as the saints from the past. What a beautiful, beautiful celebration that is. And what a great day to fall in the middle of our series on the Beatitudes, because the Beatitudes are all about community. This is where Jesus says, I'm here to set up a different kind of kingdom than the ones that you are used to, and here's what it looks like. The Beatitudes are Jesus saying, this is how the saints roll. And that's really cool because Jesus doesn't say that we fix the world or bring God's kingdom to the world by following a list of rules. This passage does not say, go be merciful so that God will have mercy on you. It says, merciful people are shown mercy in return. And that's a subtle difference. Merciful people foster more mercy in the world around them. It's more of a, here's what God's people look like and why that changes the world, than a list of rules. Jesus is saying, these are the kind of people who reflect God. God's people are not ones who perfectly follow the rules. Hallelujah, thank Jesus for that. God's people are the ones who live in a way that others see something about God because they saw that person. Some people just walk in the room and you know Jesus just joined the party, right? You know the people I'm talking about. And it's because they reflect at least some of these characteristics of God that Jesus lists in the Beatitudes. They live into the kingdom picture. We see it in them. So we've talked about the first four Beatitudes. And today we're on blessed 
are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. So what does it look like for someone to reflect God's mercy? What is mercy in the first place? Jesus does not define mercy here in the Beatitudes, but if we flip through the pages of Matthew that follow after this, we see mercy woven all throughout what Jesus is doing. Jean, you'll be uh, comforted to hear I finished my sermon this morning, so I don't have these passages to put on the screen behind me. I didn't have time to get them to Dell, but I'm going to rapid fire through a few little passages we see later in Matthew. In Matthew 9, and Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. In Matthew 15, behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. Matthew 17, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and he suffers terribly. Matthew 18, should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant, as I had mercy on you? Matthew 20, behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us. And then the crowd rebuked them, telling them to be silent, but they cried out all the more. Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. First of all, most of these are hurting people in the margins of the community, asking for healing so that they can participate fully in the community. These are not Jesus' enemies asking for mercy. These are not people that scripture says are bad people asking for mercy from their punishment. They aren't big players in the gospel story. They're passing characters for the most part. But the thing they have in common is that they're hurting people who have been pushed to the edges of society. Some of them literally pushed to the edges out of town. And they are begging for compassion. Lord, have mercy on us. Also notable, absolutely none of these start with the human showing mercy. They all start with the human asking for God's mercy. Even in the other Gospels, if you flip through later, and in the rest of Scripture, for that matter, it is always about God's mercy first. Our mercy flows from God's mercy on us, not the other way around. And hallelujah for that, because I'm here to tell you that if we had to rely on human mercy to shape God's kingdom, we would be screwed. Humanity is pretty bad at mercy. Thank God that God is always and completely merciful to us first. Because I'm a huge nerd, I looked up mercy in the Oxford English Dictionary this week. And there are three definitions there. Compassion or forgiveness shown toward an enemy or person in one's power something to be grateful for, or as a modifier, especially of a journey or mission, motivated by compassion. Then there's one last one, which is really fun. Exclamation used to express surprise or fear. Lord, have mercy. (laughs) But there's this feeling that mercy is something to be grateful for. When we talk about mercies as things we're thankful for, we almost always mean things that God has done for us. I really love that first 
definition, though. Compassion toward an enemy or someone in your power. At its core, mercy is about power and how we use it. Mercy is more than just not throwing a rock at the guy who totally deserves it because he threw one at you first, although that would in fact count as mercy. If someone hurts you, hold them accountable, but don't hold a grudge. And if you have hurt someone, do the right thing. Own up to your actions or words and ask for forgiveness, for mercy. But what we see even more in the Gospels, especially in Matthew, is that mercy is having compassion for people you have power over. And this is the harder part to get a handle on, so maybe that's why we don't talk about mercy in this way as much. That means if you're a boss, be a compassionate boss. Don't be a jerk to your employees. If you're a teacher, be a kind teacher. Be good to your students. If you're tall, help a short person with that thing up on the top shelf. Kids, if you see another kid at school getting bullied or harassed or teased, get on in there and stand up for them. Care about people who have less power in any given situation. And don't just talk about caring about them. Don't just talk about how they matter. Go actually show some compassion. Go actually do mercy. This means if you are a man, do not use your male social power to hurt women. A dear friend and I had a run-in with someone last week who could stand to learn that lesson. But that's another sermon for another day when the wound is not so fresh. But I'll say this. Thank God for the merciful brothers among us who stood beside us and affirmed our calling and our place at the table this week. If you see someone using their power to hurt someone else and you are in a place of power too, call that other person out. If you are white, wake up to your privilege and the ways it has hurt others and then go do something about it to help change the systems in our world. Work to change the system and to level the field. Don't just talk about it. Don't just post on Facebook about it. March, vote, advocate, and more so we can together turn over those unbiased, unjust, unmerciful systems in the world. If you're walking around a free person today, come talk to me later about how you can visit and care for the incarcerated. It's not quite as scary as it sounds, and I'll start you off gently, I promise. But I think you guys get the idea. You are a smart and a kind bunch of people. It's about power and using it wisely and compassionately. I know, I started off by saying that the Beatitudes are not mandates, and then I just told you a bunch of stuff to do. I don't mean to be confusing. These are just some examples of mercy, not rules to follow. Because we can't possibly list all the ways we can be merciful. And thank God that these are not cause and effect rules because we're not going to get it all right all the time. This is not a, this is what you do, so God has mercy on you. It's not, these are the steps to heaven. It's, this is what you strive for in order to reflect God in the world and to build God's kingdom and community right here where we are. It's a subtle but important difference. It changes our whole motivation. The good news is that God does get mercy right all of the time. So if you have used your power in a way that has hurt someone, even inadvertently, accidentally, 
God is merciful. Even when we are so mad at that person that hurt us, we really struggle to show mercy. God is merciful. When we realize that we've lived into power structures that hurt other people, God is merciful. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy is not a cause and effect of how we receive mercy from God. We already have God's mercy. Means that when we stop and realize God's mercy and receive it and let it inform who we are at the very core of our being, we become merciful because how dare we not let that flow back out of ourselves. And when we are merciful, it spreads. When we are merciful, others want to be merciful too. First to us, but also to others. And this is no easy task because if we're going to take it seriously, it's going to cause some growing pains. This is difficult and vulnerable work. We're going to get hurt sometimes doing this. We're going to have to realize the times we didn't get get it right, and we're going to have to realize the times that we hurt others around us in that vulnerability. We're going to have to let go of some of our own power. All those unhealthy and hurtful power dynamics in the world We have to call those to the mat, and that is not easy work, dear friends, but that is mercy. That is the work of mercy and compassion. That is what God's people do, because that is what reflects God's mercy in the world. So where do we start? Let's start where those who received mercy from Jesus in the gospel started. Have mercy on me, O Lord. Take some time to reflect on where God has been merciful to you and where you might still be hesitating to accept that mercy. I think we all have things in our lives we struggle to believe we've been granted mercy for. But God is bigger than your past. God's mercy covers far more than you ever could have done. Then move on to seeing where you are called to have more mercy in your life. Maybe... You don't have a list of enemies, and I sort of hope you don't, because that's a little scary. If you do, we'll talk later. But we all have at least a few people we don't like, and it's okay to admit that. We've all been hurt by people at some time in our life. And mercy doesn't mean setting yourself up to be hurt by that person in the same way again, but it does mean having compassion for them. We all have someone that we interact with, or that we affect in some way who has less power than us, at least in certain situations. So how do we show mercy by helping level the field? How are you showing compassion for those who have less power in the world than you do? So saints, on this day of celebrating community, I'm going to leave you with this encouragement. Regardless of how merciful you are or aren't, God is perfectly merciful. Because God is perfectly merciful, we are given this lifetime to grow and to learn and to change. And when we grow and learn how to be more merciful, others are able to see God's mercy and come along for the journey. What a blessing. Let all the saints say, Amen.